Earbud Media. Audio for everyone. Hi, I'm Shayna. And I'm Bryce. And this is Charmed, Charmed, a Spellcast. Hey, you listening there, have you heard about the witches with the really nice hair and a penchant for 90s style and kicking ass and taking names when names are worthwhile and knowing how to fight like girls? Demon-infested world They're the Charmed Ones They're the Charmed Ones They're the Charmed Ones Charmed! A spellcast! Welcome back to you and also to yours (laughs) And also to mine Uh, Yes, uh, but first Bryce, before we before we do anything, um, I have a question for you. Oh, all right. What what is it? Would would you be my Valentine? <gasps> would I? Oh, I didn't think you were gonna ask this year. I feel so honored. I would love to be your Valentine. Of course. Oh man, a year that I don't ask is a sad year indeed. <laughs> well, I'm glad that you did ask me because that made my entire week, and it'll. It'll, it'll be the thing that keeps me going through heck or high water. Incredible. Well, I'm glad to be of such service. Um, Valentine's preparations are upon us. Mm. So I'm, I'm glad that, phew, at least I, I locked mine down. <laughs> it's cuffing <laughs> season. Ooh, okay. Um, so, uh, hello everyone. We're here. I'm queer. Bryce is a very good ally. And uh, we're, we're just happy to be talking to you and talking to each other and appreciating the void on another episode of Charmed to Spellcast. Uh, that would about sums it up. That's all you need to know. That's your, that's your synopsis for today's oh. podcast episode. <laughs> so long, everyone. <laughs> um, so uh, let's, let's see. Let's, let's dive into some housekeeping some manner keeping right now mm-hmm. Bryce what what has been going on for you uh I don't remember what we talked about last time I assume I mentioned that I had a new job um it has but started now you, like officially officially right I officially officially have it it's been going great so far everyone's been really cool really chill um it's been really interesting to have a bunch of um meetings with people uh, like for the first time over video chat and to get to know people on one-on-one calls um a lot of interesting people out there in this world um what else what else what else i am uh it was there was a snowstorm the other day so that was a lot <laughs> uh yeah just um keeping it tight you know keeping it together that's uh, that's impressive. I can't say I'm always doing the same, mm. but I I admire that in a person, especially in a, a podcast co-host. <laughs> that's what I'm here for. Yeah, maybe we'll keep this together. It, highly unlikely, but we'll do our best. Yeah, right. Well, maybe I was a little too optimistic. Um, I'm very proud of you for being at your new job, and I think that starting anything right now and getting used to uh, an entirely new job and group of people is 
is difficult always, but especially odd uh, during a time when we're more likely to be working remotely. Yeah. I, I also think that it was... Um, uh, I honestly don't know if I if I should give myself too much congratulations because a lot of people have been going through a lot of big job shifts and changes this past year. But I think it was important for me because this is the first job that I like so far feel happy at and where I feel like the values of the, of the company align with my values and where I feel like the people are actually people that I enjoy talking to. So wow. <laughs> I know, right? So like for the first time, I'm like, oh, so this is how a business can be run. And it doesn't crush me. <laughs> yeah, I know. I don't feel immediate well, dread every time I wake up. Eh, capitalism must not be strong enough around here. <laughs> must not be. Around these parts. Which I'm, I'm very thankful to, to even realize that that's a possibility. I know, right? I, I like, honestly didn't know if it was going to be any better. And it is. And it's such a relief. I think that you should congratulate yourself. Um, I, I understand what you're saying in terms of many people right now are going through a lot in terms of job insecurity, financial insecurity, and just general instability. And I also think that it is completely possible to recognize that and work toward alleviating it and also keeping yourself going with the good things that happen to and for you. Thank you. Yeah. It, it is something that I've been learning about, the idea of expressing and feeling gratitude even when you are concerned with a lot of other worries that may or may not be um, solvable, to uh, still find positivity. Yeah, it's, and, I mean, it's rough. Mm. It's like, sometimes, yeah, I've heard the phrase, like, toxic positivity mm. often, I'm I'm still not entirely sure what it means, but I think I can guess from the context clues mm -hmm. of this kind of just like wide swath of uh, of washing everything in a positive light so that there's not the chance to complain mm -hmm. or like actually talk about the things that are really difficult. Yeah. Um, no, I don't, I don't think that's what this is. No, no, no. I, I mean, the the context in which I was learning about the gratitude experiencing was um, for people who are naturally pessimistic or, I don't know, even realistic and can't find it in themselves to be happy when they know that others aren't happy and they find it selfish and even ignorant mm. to express joy. Uh, the practice of expressing and feeling gratitude is supposed to help you recognize where you can find and actually appreciate pockets of joy. Ahaha! Uh -huh. uh, it sounds pretty smart. <laughs> Whoever came up with this uh, shit, made get it them up. on the podcast. Oh, oh, no, my God, just, it was kidding. Just, ki just kidding. I was a professional. Professionals made it up. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's made up in the end. That's true. Oh god, what's what's the thing we always learned that was like, you can't say that word. That's made up. It's like oh, every yeah. word. Oh yeah. Did I every word. I don't I think I told you about that one time when I went to a um back back in the before times when I went to a talk at the New York Public Library and it was in conversation with this guy who wrote a book about pronouns which um 
He was like mm-hmm. so shocked that there were so many people who came to see him. He was like a linguistic by training, linguist by training, and I think he's just like a professor of language and history. And he was like at this talk, and he was like, I didn't know people were going to show up. I didn't know people cared about this. But this is the time. Like now, people are starting to really pay attention to the use of language and how we identify ourselves, uh, spe- specifically in this realm of um, gender. But anyway, he. I, I think I remember telling you that he was always so shook when there would be like hardliners who'd be like, you can't use they because they wasn't part of blah, 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 blah when this first uh, iteration of this sect of language came out. And he was like, all language is made up. Nothing (laughs) (laughs) nothing came from something that's like, uh, quote unquote, real. Who is the great arbiter (laughs) of these things? Yeah. Well... Oh, sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, well, uh, probably somebody who is highly invested in making sure that things stay the same. Yeah, because the status quo makes them feel like they have uh, a sense of control. But anyway, yeah. I do like to Tangible think about that. profit. <laughs> yes, for goods and services. I do like to think about that old man, that sweet old historian linguist who was just so baffled that all these people were coming to listen to him. And I think about his quote every day, all words are made up. And that's where we'll leave you. Thank you very much. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. All right. Exit through the gift shop. Tips are appreciated. So if we, if we just lapse into like unintelligible mumblings, <laughs> you'll know. <laughs> Actually, okay. We've sorry. Brief, brief. Stumbled upon enlightening. Brief. Oh, uh, yeah. Side, sidebar. Um, Yes. I've been having a lot of, actually, one person that I met at my new job recently, we were talking about music because his previous job, he was helping make software and hardware for musicians. And we got into this really interesting conversation that I've been thinking about lately, which is how people try to define music in very specific ways. and how it, it's, it's often like an exclusive or elitist practice. Because um, he and I have both had conversations with people who have, are music majors, or people who are really into music, who insist that genres like rap can't be music because it doesn't follow the traditional Western paradigm of harmony, rhythm, and uh, melody. And it's uh, it's an insane way to think about music as so um, limited and so like specific. Uh, and I was telling him about my, one of my favorite rap groups, Clipping, which has the V Diggs from Hamilton fame in it. Um, and their whole thing is that they make beats out of out of non-instruments. So they like throw a bunch of scissors on, scissors on the ground, and they're like music. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, for for almost anything, this can be applied to any medium. Separatism, or not? I guess not separatism, but um, exclusivity is is something that's not inherent. It's it's not natural. So trying to cut things off and like categorize them by very strict definitions, first of all, is boring, and and limits someone to what they can actually consume and create. Or it doesn't actually because you know if if somebody has something to create, then fuck it. But it's boring and it's also elitist. So yes, there you go. It's in music. It's in language. It's in fashion, it's in art, it's in food, and, it's in everything. And it's in film, because if, if you have subscribed to Shana's last, to her newsletter, and have seen her last newsletter, uh, this, this, 
distribution. <laughs> you will, <laughs> she talks a lot about how there are a bunch of um, lesbian filmmakers who are sidelined, like their work is sidelined as not true art, and it really limits our ability to appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for reading, Bryce. Always. Um, and actually, I've, there's another one coming out tomorrow. Well, <gasps> it's not tomorrow for you listening on the pod. Um, but there's one coming out sometime before you listen to this pod. In, in which uh, I go kind of on a, a different end of the spectrum. In which it, it still is lesbian filmmakers, but it's looking at uh, hyper-commercial films mm. that are romantic comedies and romantic dramas and are are often kind of categorized as just like bad films like cheesy films and i talk about why i love those as well mm-hmm. so it can be anything it can really be anything anything create anything created uh is not necessarily subject to the definitions of other people mm-hmm. um, because it just exists it, it, it just ex- exists yeah don't don't invalidate my lived experience. So any subscribe to Shayna's uh, newsletter. Do it. Um, hit hit oh, that thank you. subscribe button. Yes, you can find it at shaynamacy.substack.com. It's going great, guys. Um, which I guess I'll just I'll take us out of this uh, philosophizing. Yeah, take the wheel. And in, into more philosophizing <laughs> eventually. Um, rhapsodizing, if you will, about the the power of three. Okay. But uh, first, I will I'll give a brief housekeeping, manner keeping check in. Um, the past few weeks have been a roller coaster of emotions and events. Uh, I think it's fair to say for most people that's what it's going to be between in any period of time, like between check ins. Um, where Bryce and I will come on and like discuss a little bit and then you'll have a break and then we'll come on a few weeks later and discuss a little bit and you'll be like woof yeah man life it's weird right now um to you I say same uh and just there are different events that have happened in my life uh as opposed to previous check-ins one of the most important is that uh my grandmother passed away which I am sad about and I am very angry about too because a, a large part of her passing was based on her inability to interact with other human beings during a pandemic that restricted her movement um, as a disabled person and also as someone who needed care from other people uh, to be able to go about her daily routine. So I, I'm furious that that's what happened. I'm just, I'm being very frank on here because this is our podcast and we can say what we want. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm furious about it. I'm devastated that I couldn't go to her funeral um, because she and my family live in California. I live in New York, uh, as you might have gathered, and I'm still here. <laughs> Both Bryce and I are still in New York. And so I'm feeling all, all of these like very, very hot-tempered kind of emotions. Um, I'm not a hot-tempered person, I'll say that. I think I'm usually fairly even-keeled, uh, but I I was just, I've been furious. And at the same time, 
I have to find good in something and I have to be thankful that like she's not in pain anymore and I'm extremely thankful that when I, I did tell people that she passed away I had so much support um, from so many others who are also going through very difficult times right now others who have experienced the loss of a loved one and have felt an inability to grieve properly and process with people surrounding them as we're supposed to um, so that's been the that's been the main anchor of I guess the last three two three weeks for me um, and in the midst of this I also was writing freelance for the Sundance Film Festival covering that um, seeing a lot of good stuff but also just like having an absolutely uh, disorienting time trying to put grief on hold and work my butt off because this is one of the times of the year that freelance film writers can get a lot of paying assignments. So capitalism has done it again folks. Um, it is it is my hope that I, like Bryce, find find ways to be um, paid and not have my spirit crushed at the same time. Of course, this was a more extreme example, I think, of, of two events coming together that were really jarring. But everything is, is against the background of the pandemic, so many, many things can be jarring. Many two things that we don't really think about, uh, or hadn't thought about in the before times being particularly hard, uh, things become more and more difficult. So I guess I just wanted to say that for anyone listening who has been experiencing any anger, um, like bouts of anger, sustained anger, depression, um, panic, or just listlessness or grief. Uh, I'm with you, and it's really hard, and I'm glad that you're still here, and I'm sorry. This sucks, and I do think we're gonna get through it to whatever the next phase is, but I also think that it's very important to take the time to recognize how fucked up things are. <laughs> so, welcome again to Charm to Spellcast. <laughs> um not necessarily saying anything particularly enlightened, but I do feel like this has been a, a nice space for me and Bryce to be able to talk about things we're really feeling. So, thanks guys. Yeah, I've only met your grandmother a couple of times. Um, I think we did like a graduation or a birthday picnic once, and I also met her, both your grandma and your grandpa with your dad one time. Uh, and both times, she was delightful and so warm and welcoming, and I'm sorry for your loss. Thank you. She was an incredibly kind and respectful of, like, literally every person she met person. Like, she, she was discerning as well and, like, a very good judge of character, I thought, but something that I really appreciated is that she was very welcoming all the time and yeah just kind yeah very kind in a way in a way that wasn't like a fake kind of nice 
Um, cause there's, I think there's a difference between like kind and nice. <laughs> and, uh, I'm, I'm just grateful that there was a lot of honesty in, in the way that she regarded people. Mm-hmm. Um, but thank you for saying that. And I feel grateful that you were able to meet her. Yeah, me too. Anyway, so we're going to go on to the rest of an episode, uh, which is very silly. (laughs) (laughs) Oh boy, do I have thoughts and fears about this episode. Many. I mean, it's silly, but it's also like, oh my god. (laughs) No. (laughs) Yeah, many, many moments of like, just not rightness. Yeah. Absolutely. Not, and not even Uncanny Valley, I would say. Just, like, uncomfortable. Yeah. It's like, why would you allow that thought to be in my head? Now I have to live with that. Exactly. So, (laughs) buckle up, buddies. (laughs) Welcome to uh, uh, Charmed, Season 2, Episode 13, Animal Pragmatism. You know, from the name, it's going to be a wild (laughs) ride. Oh, hi, Bryce. Oh, hi, Shana. You know how we've always said that we've got the best sponsors in the world? Those were fake. We don't have any sponsors. For once, you are incorrect. We have the best sponsor in the world, especially if you're looking for creative, comfy, silly, but earnest movie merch. Super Yaki has original t-shirts, sweatshirts, pins, National Treasure, Spy Kids, Nora Ephron, Star Wars, Judy Greer, Josie and the Pussycats, Jordan Peele, John Carpenter, and so much more. Bryce, do you have a favorite design? Oh, heck yeah, I do. I really love their dad hat that says Music by John Carpenter on it and is in a nice burnt orange color. Ah, you look like such a good dad in that. Heck yeah, I do. You're doing great, kids. Plus, the team at Super Yaki screen prints all their apparel using eco-friendly, 100% water-based inks and ships with compostable poly mailers for an environmentally friendly alternative to online shopping. And as a special gift to you, listeners can save 10% on their order with code SUPERFRIEND, all caps, no spaces, at checkout. So that's SUPERFRIEND, S-U-P-E-R-F-R-I-E-N-D. So check them out, get yourself a new outfit to spice up your comfy movie-binging quarantine lifestyle, and support the USPS, what could be better? Visit them at superyaki.com. That's S-U-P-E-R-Y-A-K-I dot C-O-M. So this episode aired February 10th, 2000. Uh, It was directed by Don Kurt, and it was written by Chris Levinson and Zach Estrin. Woo! Um, how do you want to do this? Do you want to do our three overarching sister plot lines and then, like, just kind of go for free-for-all? Let's do it. Okay. Um, I'll start. Uh, okay. I'll start with Piper. So Piper's storyline is very in line with the fact that this is a Valentine's Day episode. So her storyline revolves around choosing between Dan and Leo. Leo is mortal now. Uh, his wings are clipped. And Dan is still very much in the picture. Um, so she's trying to host a Valentine's Day party at her club, um, navigate the affections of these two men, and uh, deal with the drama that her sisters are embroiled in. Okay, and then Prue's storyline is very simple. Um, She is a free agent now. She no longer has a job. 
She quit Bucklands, and now she's trying to think of what to do with all of her free time, lazing about the house in her uh, polar bear slippers. <laughs> <laughs> and um, she gets pulled into the schemes of Phoebe and Piper and, and battling battling the evil mm-hmm. of the week with them. Yeah. Phoebe's the most closely tied with the baddie of the week. So she's in college now. She's taking classes. Her study group at one of her uh, in one of her courses um, puts together a little ritual to turn animals into men for 24 hours for their Valentine's Day dates. And it turns out that the animals want to stay manimals and they uh, attack. Yuck. <laughs> they attack the study group. They attack each other. It, it's it's uh, it's havoc. And um, Phoebe has to somehow rescue everyone with the help of her sisters. This episode... Okay, so, you know, there are some bright spots, for sure. We'll always find something. Um, But it felt like one long PSA or, like, commercial produced by PETA. (laughs) Like a really dramatic imaginative one okay (laughs) it was like you can't keep animals in cages and you can't have animals as pets because you know that they're gonna then turn on you because you haven't been treating them as equals oh then they're you know if you really knew what they were thinking yeah um, they would they would put you in a cage too because of how you've treated them so don't do it, signed PETA. <laughs> Love PETA. There were they, yeah, <laughs> there were definitely some interesting like visual scenes that were pretty jarring. Like when they uh, found that one study group girl in the closet, like in the cage, and that was like a yeah. moment where, like, oh this is imagery that's very shocking. It's it's horrifying. There was a lot of stuff happening that was kind of like um torture light mm-hmm. and it was disturbing because it was also mixed with this absurdist concept yeah yeah it that like could could have been really funny and fun but turned super dark that's exactly it the fact that they chose this premise of turning animals into humans i mean that could have been something but instead it was this like oh it was an icky interpretation where like the animals were aggressive towards the, some of the female students and where I, I don't it was implied that the rabbit turned man was having sex with people um, and the, like very very aggressive violent sex yeah and then it and then the like snake man and the rabbit man kill the pig man and I'm like that pig is he was he's dead now yeah, all of it bad. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it it was like it could have been horror, you know. Yeah. And and charm does that sometimes, effectively. Um, and it you know as a as a fantasy show, a fantasy show for adults, it, presumably, mm-hmm. uh, it it has the ability to do that and to do it well. And I think that this just like didn't quite course correct but it tried to course correct a couple of times to give some like 
levity, some balance, but it didn't make sense with, like, how kind of scary and dark the rest of it was. Yeah, exactly. I, I think the type of horror that Charmed is good at is monster horror and uh, just, mm-hmm. like, magical horror. But this kind of horror was, uh, like, wretched horror, like, insidious horror. If, if anyone has yeah. seen Old Boy, uh, I won't spoil anything, but the premise behind that is that this guy um, wakes up in a cell and he's there for 15 years. And when he tries to find his um, captors, it, it just it just spirals out of control. And it's just like this seedy, dark underbelly that he has to live with, like mm. that he is. Anyway, that's the vibe I got from these animals uh, having sex with humans and attacking humans and uh, just being all around not cool. That is so wild. I, Bryce, I'm really proud of you. What? Okay. For, uh, I don't know, for comparing Charm to Old Boy. I just think that that's like, we've reached a really important stage in our podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The cinema! (laughs) I I was just thinking about Old Boy recently, because I was talking about, um, well, I was talking about animes with some people, and then we started talking about um, Korean horror, and then we started talking about things like Parasite, and then it turned into a discussion about Old Boy. Wow. My, my two favorite directors. <laughs> Old Boy and Parasite. <laughs> <laughs> That's their names, actually. Yeah, that is, it's truly. The, those, are, those are their names. Walking down the street. Hey, Old Boy. Hey, hey Parasite. Hey, Parasite. What's... But what? Oh, God, today... Hmm. What? Today is the day... The anniversary of the Academy Awards, in which Parasite won. Oh yeah. Best picture, best director. Yeah. Wow. We're recording this on the ninth, so I guess this is a sacred day. Bong Hive rise. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know if you saw Netflix, but there was a mockumentary called Death, or I think it was Death or like Burn Twenty Twenty, Death to Twenty Twenty, something like that. Um, and they were interviewing the quote-unquote most average person in the world, and it's just some lady who's, like, in the UK, and she's sitting on her couch, and she's, like, in the suburbs, and they were, like, showing her a video of uh, Parasite winning a bunch of awards in 2020, and she's looking at it, and she's like, what? This doesn't even make sense. I mean, like, Parasite's not even an English word, and the director off screen is like, no, Parasite's an English word. And the woman's like, but when you say it in English, it is. And that got oh me. Oh my god! It was. I mean, I don't know if I recommend that mockumentary, but that was a good. That was a good scene. Yeah, that's. I feel like that's something ripped straight from real life. Uh, unfortunately. Unfortunately. Oh uh, yeah, our our one bit of serotonin <laughs> from twenty twenty. <laughs> Actually, my one bit was a uh, Bong Joon Ho and Taika Waititi. Uh, being photographed getting off of their plane or like coming back from the Oscars and leaving America. <laughs> <laughs> also unlikely so animal friendship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I I can see that, actually. Anyway, uh so back to animal pragmatism. Back back to that. What are your Horrifying. thoughts? Yeah, what are your thoughts? My thoughts are that I couldn't wait for parts of it to be over. Um, This is actually an episode that many times I will see the name, uh, you know, in the the queue 
of episodes, and I will skip right over it. And I'll be like, no, thank you. Yeah. No. Uh, I didn't remember how horrifying it was, some of the feelings. Uh, yeah, some of the feelings around it were. Um, but I just I just knew that I didn't want to watch it. And it's unfortunate, because like, it starts off cute uh, with, with Phoebe helping her study group rewrite a spell so that it actually works. And I was like, oh, that's fun. Actually, I would love to see more of their adventures together and their, their mishaps together. Mm-hmm. But because it goes so wrong, uh, it's, it's like, well, they're not going to be trying any of that again, <laughs> I don't think. I think they're disavowing witchcraft, even the kind of witchcraft that you find in Valentine's Day books of love spells. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I I don't like I don't like this episode for just because I can't watch it without thinking about how uh, just disturbing it is. <laughs> disturbing is exactly the right word. Um, the way that they personified these animals and the way that they like made these animals so desperate to stay men longer after their predetermined 24 hours that they were willing to like hurt the girls poison them put them in a trunk put them in a cage it was um pretty scary because you're like oh that that could be actual that could be actual human people (laughs) um but two Mm -hmm. it also like just felt like a really bad interpretation of animals too like the rabbit, for some reason, was super aggressive, which I guess rabbits, you know, they're known for, for being thumpers, for being fighters. But this rabbit was like an enforcer, and it like would do everything the snake would say to do, and it was uh, unsettling. And the pig character, the, they just made him like love food, and he was generally harmless, but I don't, I don't know. I, I think that they also missed a step there in the way that they characterized what these animals would be if they were humans. I completely agree. The pig had, like, one or two funny lines. Uh, like, when he tries to, like, rescue hot dogs yeah. from a vendor yeah. on campus. <laughs> like, be free! <laughs> Throws a hot and dog that, that in was, Exactly. Like, that was goofy and, and fun. Um, but the rest of it, he just didn't really get a lot of nice stuff to do, and then he died. And he dies. I guess. Um, I, um, and yeah, the snake was like super evil. I know, <laughs> just evil. Uh, and the rabbit was also super evil. Um, but uh, yeah, like you said, like a henchman. Mm-hmm. And the, I mean, I guess the only <sighs> you could argue it's a correct characterization in the sense of tradition of how you characterize animals. Uh, in like fables, mm-hmm. um, but I think the the characterization it can most uh, directly be linked to is the film Hoodwinked. Hoodwinked. Oh, is that the one with? I don't... Sorry, go on. This is this is a film that was made way after Charmed. This episode of Charmed, but it's a it's a retelling of of. Red Riding Hood. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the uh, animated one, right? Yeah. It's like a DreamWorks, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, my my sister and I were obsessed with this, Oh, yeah? It's, it's like a soup... It's, the animation style is very weird. It's I don't really like it a lot. It's like a 3D-ish 
but like super unrefined. Mm. Um, and it it's like almost video gamey, mm-hmm. but it's it's very clever. <laughs> I think it's a really funny movie. Um, especially when you're like eight or nine years old, <laughs> but it tells the story of Red Riding Hood from like five different, five or six different perspectives, and it's a detective trying to figure out what the real story was. Oh, fun! But the moral of this film is never trust a bunny. <laughs> oh, fun! I do like that. Yeah, never trust a bunny. So I'm like, okay, maybe, sure, I. I don't know, but but in that in that movie, the never trusted bunny was because, you know, bunnies are cute, and you wouldn't think not to trust like a little cute little bunny, um, and in Charmed apparently bunnies are, I think it's like supposed to be portraying a hare, uh-huh. right? Yeah, a rabbit. Yeah, are schemers and uh, assaulters yeah. and terrible, but they just didn't. They weren't animal-like enough to let you forgive how terribly and, like, just menacingly they they treated women. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, the, the one thought that I did have was that I recognized the guy who played the pig character. Turns out he's on Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. He is, um, oh, shit. yeah, if you know who, shoot, I'm forgetting all the characters' names now. Ah, Paula. He is Paula's husband. Uh, I, I, I don't, that, but someone out there. That's okay. This is for, this is for that one fan out there who is both a charmed and crazy ex-girlfriend fanatic. And old boy. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, it's, I only play to one person. Yeah, uh. It's who who would that be? Is it Leona Kindler? Maybe she's familiar with all that. Um, there was someone. Mm-hmm. There was someone who found. Uh, the, your theme song, your theme song on Instagram, and they were singing it, and uh, a sh- brief DM session with them revealed that they were also in a crazy ex-girlfriend. Oh wow! Okay, so this for this person as well. Mm-hmm. Hey, I hope you like old boy. <laughs> I don't recommend watching I, Old Boy unless you're in unless you're ready. Yeah, unless you're really, really ready for some fucked up shit. Uh, to put it lightly, it's it's a good movie though. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Anyway, I just just to your to your point of like they were just men. They were just, they were just men. creepy, creepy men, and they were, and in the end, that's also all they were. Yeah. Oh, the end of this episode. I think we I think we should just talk about it so we can get to like the little parts okay. that might have brought us some joy. Okay, yeah. Perchance. Okay. Um but the end of this episode was was unsatisfying. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me. Mm-hmm. Uh because the the animals their quest is to remain men. And Piggy died, very sad. Um but the other two, the rabbit and the snake, are going after Phoebe because the spell is only supposed to last 24 hours, and she's the only one who knows how to rewrite the spell and, and let them be men. And it doesn't really make sense why they stay men. Like, there's not an additional, additional spell. 
uh, Phoebe accidentally turns everyone into animals, and then turns everyone back, and somewhere in that mix, the two dudes get to remain dudes, mm-hmm. and the Charmed Ones have some sort of conversation that's like, oh, we should do this to them, or we should, you know, do this, we should write another spell to turn them back into animals. But no. I <laughs> I have a better idea. <laughs> Let's leave them as men and call the cops. Yeah. So they could go to jail? Yeah. I, I guess. Confusing, because, I mean, the worst that they could be tried for maybe is, like, grand larceny? Maybe kidnapping. But, like, they probably could still be on parole in, like, 20 years. Yeah, it just doesn't really make sense. It's, like, very much a, we don't know how to end this. Yeah, we don't want to keep them animals because now we've seen them have personalities. Now we'd we'd be sad, I guess, if we just saw them as a rabbit and a snake. Although I would have been very satisfied if they just turned back into a rabbit and a snake. Yeah, and, I don't know, ate each other or some shit. (laughs) Um. (laughs) Oh, damn. Some... Some, like, more poetic justice. Uh-huh. Or, like, they were a rabbit and a hare and they were just, like, they go off to squabble or something. Whatever. A rabbit, or sorry, a rabbit and a snake. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't really know how to end this episode either because I just didn't like it. Yeah. Um, they shouldn't have begun this episode. Yeah. <laughs> stop it. Stop it where it began. Uh, but, it, yeah, it was just, like, what? Charmed ones don't do that. Yeah. I mean, normally they're fighting a demon and they and they can vanquish the demon and then he just, or the demon just disappears in like a poof uh, and yeah. cleans up after itself, but now they're dealing with oh their own creation. What? No demon death. No demon death. That is true. There is a pig death, which is sad. Yeah. But no demon death. No demon Very death. weird. Even in the last episode where it was like a medical drama. Yeah. Uh, there was still a demon death. Yeah, there was. You know. Yeah. And th- it was it was scientific as well as supernatural. And this one is supernatural, but just off kilter. <laughs> yeah, I, it's been a rough string of episodes for Charm this season. Yeah. Very sad. I I'm sad about that. Um, I still have a lot of fun discussing them. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I and I will say that uh, the first thing I thought upon watching this episode was, oh, I missed Piper! Because, I, you know, we haven't recorded in a little bit, mm-hmm. and I haven't watched in a little bit. So I still love watching it, but it has been a pretty rough string of episodes. <laughs> yeah, you, you gotta focus on the, uh, like you said, the small parts that you can find joy in, and also the side stories. Speaking of yeah. which... I wanted to ask you, so what did you think about the uh, romance arc with Piper and Dan and Leo? Oh, ho, ho. The classic triangle. <laughs> um, <laughs> as we say in triangle. the world. <laughs> classic triangle. Um, I, so I think that Dan is now getting on my nerves more. Oh, yeah? Unfortunately. Um and well, and he was bound to because anytime there's a love triangle, and the answer is not, well, we should we should see what is beyond the confines of monogamy. I'm kind of like, Meh. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, it's gonna play out how how like only one of three ways. 
gets with this person, gets with that person, or nobody gets with anyone. Or the other two people get with each other. Or the other two people get with each other, which is rare. Um, But yeah, it's it's just like, oh, the choices, the choices. Let let me just... uh, calculate how many there are that's it that's how many that's how many episodes we have then (laughs) Uh, so i i am happy that leo's back um i think he had a little bit more personality in this episode which was nice um and when dan so basically what happens is that since it's valentine's day and leo's wings are clipped he's now taken a residence working as a bar back <laughs> and uh just an all-around handy person yet again for the bar for p3 and uh but but piper and leo are not seeing each other leo leo has made it clear that he wants to fight for piper uh, but piper's still with dan so there's valentine's day tension should piper get leo a card <laughs> should they acknowledge it uh, what about acknowledging Leo's relationship to Dan, etc. Um, and during the episode, Dan gets upset with Piper for not telling him that Leo was working at the bar, and it kind of ruins their pre-Valentine's dinner date. Um, and then afterward, Dan apologizes to Piper and says something that I just uh, really grinds my gears. Oh, yeah. Um, it's like, I, you know, I am a jealous person, you know, that's just, I get jealous, that's just who I am. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want you to work with me, I don't want you to change me. And it's supposed to be this, like, sensitive dude thing to say of, like, I acknowledge my faults, but he didn't really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was just like, I'm jealous and that's the way it is. And I was like, bro, that, you know, it's actually something you can work on. <laughs> um, that, that is something possibly to think about and talk through. No, I don't want you to change the way I am. And at that point I was kind of like, all right, you lost me. Yeah. Um, this is, this is not the compromise you think offering (laughs) he kind of strayed into the realm of paranoia because i i think that i understand where he was coming from but honestly piper like she handled the situation well she made it very clear that she was with dan and not with leo and that you know she has a past and that doesn't mean that she's not committed um but i think that his uh uh, what's what's a good word? His fear and his suspicions got the best of him. Yeah, absolutely. And the apology didn't really work. Mm-hmm. Um, it didn't really acknowledge those things. Yeah. It it was like it kind of mentioned them, but didn't take responsibility. Yeah. For overreactions. Yeah. So I, I'm glad Leo's there. I hope this wraps up soon. Because, like I said, uh, I can't really see them going toward the non-monogamy route, mm-hmm. um, which would be my preferred route. I think that would be great. I think that would be more interesting, and I think it could make its own sitcom, actually, um, <laughs> of like, we're both dating a witch. <laughs> yeah. It's the same witch. 
The same witch. Witch witch. Yeah, it's witch witch, but it's the same witch. witch. <laughs> um, and we're dating each other. Yay! <laughs> you know. Yeah. What I endless endless possibilities for laughs. Um, if if polyamory, the prospect of polyamory, would not be made into such an illicit drama all the time, I think people would have more fun. Um, in, in fictional representations, I mean. Mm-hmm. I Although I did see there's like this full-ass documentary coming out, I think, on HBO that's mm-hmm. like a couple opening their relationship. Um, and it's... So it, it's non-fiction, but it... The way the trailer is edited, it makes it seem like it's like true crime or what? something. <laughs> I have not I've not seen any of these trailers. Yeah, non-monogamy is so scary. It's so scary. Um and I think there's just a huge opportunity being missed out on here to make it fucking hilarious. <laughs> Cuz it is. It's just scheduling. It's um, just anyway. scheduling. Anyway, should we should we back it up? Get back on the track. Yeah, let's get back on the trains, train tracks, at the rails. Let's get back on the rails. <laughs> So you asked me what I thought about uh, the Piper-Leo Dan situation. Yeah. And my thought is that I, I hope it wraps up soon, but Leo looks great in a white t-shirt, and he also <laughs> looks great in a black silk button-down. <laughs> Love that. Love that. Love Leo as, as a, a club bar back and bouncer. Yeah, it's definitely a, a style. Um for my for my take, I, I honestly wasn't that interested in this whole uh, will she or won't she or will whatever like this whole willn't <laughs> willn't she because um, <laughs> you know in my mind it's like well it's it's gonna be Leo and Dan's being a little bit petty. I was actually kind of interested in the fact that we've just brushed over the fact that Leo is a is a mortal now. Um, I think that that yeah. would be a huge psychological toll uh and i think they should have explored that but maybe that's a maybe that's a later episode i agree with you i think that there's much to be plumbed (laughs) um from from those depths Mm -hmm. of immortality transitioning to mortality uh that's pretty scary stuff yeah some really intense things happen to the characters but it seems like recently we've preferred to stay on these like tiny romance dramas and on these like weird plots with like dolls and animals and stuff yeah confused plots Mm -hmm. confused plots with confused um tones yeah i mean very very clashing tones it's their second season i i mean i don't know much about the television world but i wonder if that has anything to do with it whether like trying to be more edgy trying to branch out more Oh, definitely. Second season slump, for sure. Sophomore, <laughs> sophomore slump. Oh, yeah. Sophomore slump. Yeah. So, I, I think you're right. I think you're very perceptive in, in that, in your, uh, or very intuitive in your evaluation of the television world. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and also, there's, again, there's a, there's a guy of the week as well. Um, not just the, the animal guys. There's also a dude that Phoebe is interested in who could not be more unappealing, in my opinion. <laughs> awfully generic. He's just awfully generic. Not a, not like handsome. 
doesn't even like clean up, you know. <laughs> um, like the character is just a college dude wearing a Hawaiian shirt and is like fairly it seems fairly uninterested in Phoebe too. Yeah. And but she's like fawning. Mm-hmm. Like she's she finds him very dreamy. And I, just every time that happens, I'm like, what a disservice. (laughs) But uh, honestly, at this point, I'm, like, happy for Phoebe to have just, like, an innocuous, fun fling. Because, like, a lot of the times their life is topsy-turvy. They have all these strange uh, things they have to handle. The men that they meet are often too intense or too strange. Um, So just something like Yeah, you know what, you're right. I I would love I would love for her to have something fluffy, but just like with someone a little more interesting. Yeah. But I guess you're right. <laughs> he couldn't. She's just yeah. she's just so she's just so like energetic. Yeah. That to see her opposite someone who like could not give a fuck is is just kind of like. Eh, yeah. Well, he, unappealing. He to was me. he was barely a character. Like he wasn't actually there for any real plot points. Yeah, that's true. And you know what? That's okay. If if men want to be barely a character, I accept it. <laughs> that's a good t-shirt. That, that's, that's <laughs> a t-shirt. Okay, fine. Maybe not a good t-shirt. It's a t-shirt. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, okay. This, wait, I have to say, um, you've been hearing commercials for our friends at Super Yaki, and who who make fabulous t-shirts and other film and TV related apparel. Um, they just came out with a new line. This, By the way, they didn't pay me to say this specifically, um, but I do want to say it because I'm very excited about it. <laughs> they made these aprons. Um, so, of course, I really want an apron because I've been baking a lot. Uh, and I only have one. And it's it's sad when I'm like, oh, my apron is so flowery. I must wash. But what will I do about the cake? Um, but they made these ap- aprons that say, oh god. So uh, they they only, I think, have t-shirts now and uh, sweatshirts because the apron sold out. But the apron says, on April 21st, 2020, I watched Stanley Tucci make a Negroni. <laughs> um, fantastic. Uh... Incredible. <laughs> You know, I have been finding myself to be a bigger and bigger Stanley Tucci fan nowadays. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Why why didn't Stanley Tucci show up in Charmed? I this is my big complaint now. <laughs> why couldn't Stanley Tucci be a romantic interest for like an episode? I mean, they haven't um, had any real actors as guest stars. I mean, other than uh John Cho. That's it. Oh my god, bring back more guest stars like John Cho. Still my favorite. Still my favorite. Always. Uh, Super Yaki, if you're listening, can we make a t-shirt? <laughs> bring back John Cho. <laughs> bring back John Cho. Oh god. Ugh. I, I miss him. He was, he was so interesting. Yeah, you know what? He was a fairly innocuous, kind of like... Um, you didn't get bad vibes from him, but he also had a personality. Like you kind of, you kind of felt yeah. like he was a real person. He was a really nice guy. He was a really nice guy. He was a real person. He had actual chemistry with Piper. 
Bring back John Cho. Reminiscing about Ghost John Cho. <laughs> uh, should, anyway. should, should we wrap it up? Sure, let's wrap it okay. up. Um, there, well, there are a couple of other fashion moments I do want to Oh, yeah, know. let's hear them. Uh, so, as I mentioned earlier, uh, Prue stays home mm-hmm. and uh, is so bored she's she's moving a vase back and forth with her brain. But, uh, or with her magic, I should say. And she's curled up in, like, a little strappy tank top mm-hmm. and, like, loungewear and these giant fluffy white slippers... <laughs> Gotta love it. Brilliant. Luxurious. Beautiful. The transformation is complete. Never change. From from businesswoman Prue Halliwell to a freelancer unemployed Couch witch. Couch slob. <laughs> Prue Halliwell. Uh, so I love that moment. Mm-hmm. I also really loved uh, Piper's like valentine's day dress because it just felt extremely like 2000 mm-hmm. it was like this like thin like shift like fabric that was pinkish reddish with these little metallic gold pieces and she had this like little headband tiara mm-hmm. i i just thought it was just such a picture of the 90s <laughs> and like into the 2000s and i i really enjoyed that Oh, and I already I already mentioned the white T-shirt and the black silk button-down. <laughs> um, I'm glad we had this fashion review uh, for the closing. Always a brief fashion look at a brief fashion glimpse. Um, we don't have a demon death. What should we do? Oh, uh, I don't. Okay, we don't have a demon death. Um, but I just want to give like a last kind of scold. Okay. To something. Which was that, so there were three three college girls who created this transformation because they wanted dates for Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a really sinister, is a really good, like, sinister insidious, mm. is great descriptors for it, so thank you, Bryce, um, scene in which the three girls come back to the dorm room in which they've locked Presumably, they've locked the dudes, um, but they've gotten out and they got dressed, and like they're now they're trying to take over. Mm-hmm. And one of the girls, it, it's very clearly dangerous. Like they're very clearly bad manimals <laughs> and up to no good, and like the vibes are all wrong. Mm-hmm. But when the when one of the girls says that and is like very worried. Um, the other two girls just abandon her completely and like completely let her down and just agree with the snake dude I don't know it's it's super disappointing and it's fairly upsetting you're right that was a Uh, that was a bad scene to have just because it really reinforces um tropes that cause people to I don't know um not support each other in tough situations yeah to me it was reminiscent of stories about you know not believing yeah people yeah uh when they when they point out an abuser or someone who has been a violent person Mm -hmm. 
and the tendency to just believe because something hasn't happened to you mm-hmm. or like you don't sense it that everything is fine and and that's what it most directly connected to for me yeah and the girls just leave their friend there because three unfamiliar men told them to yeah 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 I, i'm really glad you brought that up uh, i think another thing that i can connect it to would be the the occurrence in which uh, women are often pitted against each other, like they are competitors. Um, and so one woman expresses uh, concerns and the other woman are like, nope, we disavow you. We're going to go with the men now. Yeah, absolutely. So it's, I don't like how scary this episode was for a lot of reasons. Just, I mean, frankly, I'm just, I'm a, a God, I was trying to say that, like, I'm a soft person, but all I could come up with were, like, really self-effacing terms. But, like, I don't like horror. I don't like horror, so, like, you know, this wouldn't be the episode for me anyway, Uh necessarily. But it was just, it was horror that touched on really resonant, scary things that happen in the everyday. Yeah. But it did them a disservice, so, too. It didn't really portray them in, like, yeah. the correct way. So you were just kind of left feeling, like, why would they make that episode? Exactly. Exactly. It's like you could have done something, maybe. They, it could have gone a number of ways. But it was just digging way too deep into this, like, disturbing plot and then resolving it in a way that didn't make any sense. Yeah. <sighs> Those girls are going to be traumatized <laughs> for the rest of their lives. Like, that's... Oh, also true rough um my okay to jump off of your like um admonishment of one of the things the shows did the show did i also have an admonishment of my own kind of in a similar vein but nowhere near as um impactful and powerful as yours mine was gonna be if you have three ladies and they're not like sisters you know they don't have to always look like the charlie's angels like they could be a different combination of people (laughs) I don't understand what you're saying. <laughs> That's the rule. They're like the Powerpuff Girls. One's got to be a blonde, yeah. one's got to be a redhead, and one's got to be a brunette or dark-haired person. That's diversity, guys. <laughs> uh, yeah, I agree with you. That should not be a hard and fast rule. Ugh, man. I also hate how it was, like, although true true it was the two white girls who were like fuck our friend Mm. we don't care but like could be true again again it's something that like it could be a commentary but it wasn't yeah i think we we ask too much of charmed at certain points uh i think we do but also we do because we love it yeah uh any any (sighs) other last thoughts before we close out no Head is empty. Yeah, no thoughts here. <laughs> no thoughts here. Uh, my brain is smoothing as we speak. <laughs> Very nice. Uh, let's let's see. Uh, do you have any? Do you have any closing thoughts? Because I don't think we have anything to do a demon death with. Uh, I mean, my closing thought was the Charlie's Angels thing. Oh, okay, that's that's a good one. Um, I would say my closing thought. 
I just have so many angry thoughts. <laughs> Swirling. Um, I don't know what that was. That just... Sorry, I just talked in a weird way. <laughs> Swirling. Uh, so, suddenly on Downton Abbey. I... Okay. I will say... Jealousy. Mm -hmm. And envy. Um, while they may be natural reactions are not innate characteristics that a man would be lost without. And so, if a man ever tells you to respect his envy, jealousy, or paranoia because that's what makes him who he is, get out of there. <laughs> Uh, that's so a good, not gonna fix no, them. that's a really good thought to leave on. Um, yeah, that's what I'm. That's what I'm gonna close with. Mm -hmm. You know, you you can be a better person. That is a possibility. That is a possibility. Charmed can be a better show occasionally, but it won't. <laughs> Just kidding. But it, but it won't. Um, you can be a better person. Uh, Stanley Tucci can be my bartender. <laughs> And that's it. And Bryce Wong is my Valentine. Yay! Bryce Silentine. I'll workshop it. Bryce. Bryce Lentine. Yeah, ew. well, whatever you come up with, let us know on the next Charmed Spellcast. <laughs> this time in outer space. Um, I'm Shayna. <laughs> you, you can find me at Bernadette Teeters on Instagram or at Bernie Teeters on Twitter. And oh, and, and you can also find me, sorry, shanamacy.substack.com. Yes. Yay. Hit that subscribe. Um, I'm Bryce. You can find me at Your Best Bryce on Instagram, also at Finished Foodstagram. Together, we make a very silly show called Carl, Carl, Carl Charmed a Spellcast. Um, you can find us at Charmed Spellcast on Instagram. You can also write to us, charmedspellcast at gmail.com. We're always very happy to have you, and we know you're even happier when you get to leave. So, be free! Love to see us go. Thank you, good night. Thank you, good night! I'm here in the background, watching you know my name, watching you wonder. If I'm here for your sake, I'm watching you stumble And I've got to let you fall or someone will notice That I'm here after all But I can't keep waiting calls me and I swear it could be
be true But I can't keep waiting here Letting you let me disappear Cause you're all I wanted You're all I wanted be someone so brave but why can't you be brave for me I'll stay for a day now maybe I'll stay for a week I'm hanging on tightly I swear I see your lips move to speak if you could reach out love I swear I would Meet you too, I just need to know Is he really the one for you? Cause I'll just keep standing here Letting you let me disappear Cause you're all I wanted All I wanted to have and hold Feels like I'm frozen Feels like you won't let me go You've been listening to Earbud Media Production Earbud Media, audio for everyone